us, Lord, I pray that you would help me to have the clarity of mind. Lord, help me to be able to say the things that you would have me to say. Lord, I pray that you would help me uh, to be able to be used of you to help these dear people. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they need to hear, but the Holy Spirit does. And I pray you'd use the message this morning. We love you, Lord. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're there in Deuteronomy 28. Honestly, after reading that chapter, I feel like I could just, you know, pray and dismiss the service. You know what I mean? And you may, you may say, well, Pastor Jimenez, why would you read such a long chapter? Well, uh, some of you, that's the only Bible reading you've done this week, so it's good for you. But, uh, you know, I wanted you to, I wanted to read the whole chapter in its context. And we always read the entire chapter in its context uh, so that you can get the context. But I really wanted you to get the context this morning because there's no way I'm going to be able to preach through every verse in that chapter. And you're thankful for that, I'm sure. But I want you to understand understand the context in which God is speaking to us. Now we're in a series, uh, we're right in the middle of a series entitled Five Keys to Unlocking God's Blessings. And uh, you know, let me just say this up front. Next week is Mother's Day. Next week we're going to take a break from the series and we're going to focus on mothers. And then the week after that we'll get back into the series and we'll finish it up. It's a six week series. If you haven't been with us up to this point, I don't want you to worry. Every sermon is, is written in a way where it kind of stands on its own so you don't have to feel like I gotta, you know, I'm gonna miss, or I'm not gonna understand what's going on because I missed uh, the the two prior sermons. But I would challenge you or encourage you if you're able to uh, go on our website veritybaptist.com and under preaching you can go back and listen to the previous sermons in this series. In the introductory sermon, we kind of explain the, 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 the concept of God's blessing and God's prosperity. And what we're not preaching and what we're not teaching is a health and wealth, name it and claim it, God's going to make you rich, prosperity gospel. That is not what we're teaching. We learn from the story of Joseph that God's blessings cannot be measured by how much pleasure we go to. They are measured by the presence of God on our lives. Amen. If you remember last week, we talked about the first key to unlocking God's blessings on your life. And remember, we talked about meditating upon God's Word. And we talked about the fact that if God's Word abides in your heart, then God's blessings will abound in your life. And we've got to you know, hide His words in our heart. And Jesus said, you know, abide in me, and if I abide in you, and if my words abide in you. Now today, we're going to talk about the second key to obtaining God's blessings. And we find it here in Deuteronomy chapter number 28. Now you need to understand a few things, okay? First of all, we all, and, and, and I've kind of been starting the sermons like these in, in, during the series, but I, I want to remind you of the fact that we all want, or at least should want, or desire God's blessings on our life. And more than that, God wants to bless us. If you look at Deuteronomy 28, look at verse number 2. The Bible says, And all these blessings shall come on thee. Here God promises the children of Israel, He says, all the blessings that I'm going to tell you about, they're going to come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Look, you say, well, what blessings is He talking about? Now look at verse 3. And I want you to see these blessings. Okay, now, I know there are some of you that are really smart and you're theologians and you think to yourself, well, Pastor Menes, don't you understand that Deuteronomy 28 was given to the children of Israel and uh, this is a, a national blessing. And you are absolutely correct. This is God's promise to bless the nation of Israel. And to be honest with you, you could really do a very interesting study and look at the blessings that God said He would give a nation and the curses that God said He would give a nation. And you should match them up with our country. And that will let you know if America 
is a, a blessed nation of God or we are under God's curse. Right. And you may be surprised what you find. But I want you to understand this. A nation is made up of families, which is made up of individuals. And when God says, I'm going to bless a nation, He's saying, I'm going to bless individuals. Okay? Let me prove it to you. All right, look at verse 3. Deuteronomy 28, verse 3. Notice what He says. Blessed shall... Notice this word. Thou. Do you see that? The word thou is a singular... It's talking to an individual. He said, Blessed shall thou be, now notice, in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. He said, Whether you live in the city, whether you live in the country, whether you're doing business in the city, whether you're working out in the field, he said, I'm going to bless thou. I'm going to bless you. Uh, skip down to verse number six. Look what he says. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. So I want you to say, I'm in, under the understanding that Deuteronomy 28 is blessings toward the nation of Israel. But you got to understand this. God promises to bless individuals. God says, I will bless you. Now here's the beautiful thing about having God's blessing on your life, is that it goes with you. Hey look, I am thankful today that God's blessing on my life and God's blessing on my family is not determined by which the country in which I live in. Because I'd hate to break it to you, but America is a very sinful nation. America is a very wicked nation. America, you know, today is not the, the nation that it used to be. And it's, it's, I don't know that it's ever really been a Christian nation. But I mean, with, with sodomy being rampant, with abortions being rampant, with, with marriages being destroyed, with drugs and alcohol and pornography just, just abounding in our society. I'm here to tell you, I'm thankful that the blessing of God on my life is not dependent on the country in which I live. Amen. God says, I can bless you, the individual, and as I bless enough individuals, then the nation will be blessed. Alright, so you gotta understand. And by the way, the beautiful thing is the blessing goes with you. Remember we learned about Joseph in the first week. Did you notice how Joseph was blessed at home? And he was blessed at Potiphar's house? And he was blessed in prison? And he was blessed in the palace? Why is it that everywhere he went, he got, saw the blessing of God? Because the blessing of God was not upon a nation. The blessing of God was on him. And God wants to bless you. And God wants to bless me. Now you say, how does God want to do that? Look at verse 4. Deuteronomy 20, uh, 28 verse 4. God wants to bless your children. Notice what he says. Blessed shall thou shall be, notice this, the fruit of thy body. Now fruit is what you produce. You know, an uh, apple tree produces apples. Well, what does a human being produce? Humans. I know some of you went to college and you were taught something different. But humans produce humans, okay? Monkeys do not produce humans. They produce monkeys. Cats produce cats. Dogs produce dogs. And humans produce other human beings. So, he says, Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. What parent would say, I don't want God's blessing in regards to my children? I mean, none of us would. Look at verse 11. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous and goods. Notice this. In the fruit of thy body. Two times he says, I'm going to bless the fruit of your body. I'm going to produce, I'm going to bless what your body produces. Look at verse 4. We're going to be jumping around a little bit, because I kind of want to give you the highlights. But look at verse 4. Not only does God say he's going to bless your children, God promises to bless your income. Notice what he says, verse 4. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and, notice, the fruit of thy ground, that was their job. And the fruit of thy cattle... That was their work. The increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Skip down to verse 11. 
And the Lord shall make thee plenteous and good in the fruit of thy body. And look what he says. In the fruit of thy cattle and in the fruit of thy ground. In the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give to thee. And I know, you know, we get, we, we're Baptists and we start getting nervous. And you say, you know, Pastor Manus, you're saying God's going to bless my income. That doesn't that sound like a TV preacher. But you, gotta, you just got to realize that this is in the Bible. This is in the Word of God. And it should excite us. It should encourage us that God says, I want to bless you with your children. He says, I want to bless you with your income. Look at verse 5. God, God says, I don't really know how to explain this other than uh, verse 5. He says, Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Skip down to verse 8. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouse. So he said, not only am I going to bless your cattle and your field and your harvest and your job, but he said, when you bring that stuff in and you store that in a basket or you store it in a store, he said, I'm going to bless, I, I don't know what the equivalent for, maybe God, you know, God wants to bless your savings account, I don't know, but he wants to bless you. And that should be encouraging. Look at verse number 7. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come against thee one way and flee before thee some way. God says, you know, anybody that wants to hurt you, anybody that wants to do you wrong, anybody that considers themselves your enemy, He said, I'll bless you against them. When they rise up against you, I'll make sure you succeed and they don't. Look at verse 8. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouse and in, notice this, all that thou settest thy hand unto. God says, I will bless everything you do, every job you take, every business you start, every ministry you're involved in. He said, I will bless all that that thou settest thy hand unto. I mean, who would not love that blessing, that promise from God, where God says, anything you do, I'm going to bless it. Anything you do, I'm going to make sure you succeed. Look at verse 12. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to, notice, bless all the work of thine hand. God wants to bless you. Notice, notice verse 11. Now I know this is going to get real prosperity gospel, but look what he says. The Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. I said, I'm going to make sure you, you're plenteous in the goods that you need. Look at verse 12. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. It says, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season. Now here's here's what he's doing. He says, not only am I going to bless you, when you go to work, when you farm, when you harvest, when you have a cattle, when you set aside savings, when you do this, I'm going to bless everything you have control over. And then he says, I'm also going to bless the things you don't have control over. He said, you cannot control against the weather. You cannot control against a drought. But I'm going to make sure even the things that you don't have control, I'm going to make sure that they work out in your favor. And you got to understand, that's the blessing of God. Now again, I just want to remind you, that doesn't mean you're going to be comfortable your whole life. That doesn't mean you're not going to go through trials. You're not going to go through struggles. We saw these blessings on Joseph. If you remember, everything that Joseph did, God prospered it. God blessed it. God made sure. But yet he still got thrown in prison. Yet he still got lied about. Yet he still got falsely accused. Yet he still spent, you know, time in prison, you know, just undeserving. He still went through trials. But every time he went somewhere, God was with him. God's blessing was with him. God favored him. Look at verse 12. Now I'm gonna, I know I'm going kind of, to go from uh, preaching to meddling, but some of you just need to hear this. Okay? You, do I have God's blessing on my life? Look at verse 12. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in the season, and bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. 
Here God tells us, look, if, if, if you're in a bunch of debt, you know, you, do I have God's blessing in my life? Are you in debt? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm in debt in this, and I'm upside down in this, and I'm, I'm not picking on you, I'm just telling you, God says debt's not a good thing. It's not blessings. Look, it, it's, it's better for you to be the guy that's letting people borrow money than be the guy that's trying to get people to help you. That's what the Bible says. And by the way, is America blessed today? When, when, you know, we have to borrow money from all sorts of different countries just to be able to continue. Instead of cutting spending, you know, and, and I don't want to get into anything political, but, you know, let's just forget it. Look at God will bless you with every. You've got to understand this, okay? God wants to bless you with everything He wants you to do. Look at verse 8. Deuteronomy 28, verse 8. Deuteronomy 28, 8. And, and, and let, me just, let me just get back to the debt thing for a second. Okay? Unfortunately, you are not the United States of America. You do not get the option to vote to increase the debt ceiling. Okay? You, the, all you can do is cut your spending. Okay? Because you don't print money. So, but God says it's not a blessing. God says it's not, it's not a good thing. Now, if you look at verse 8, He says, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thy hand unto, and he shall, look what it says, bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I, I want you to understand this. God is explaining to the children of Israel. He said, I gave you this land. He said, and I gave you this land, and I want to bless what I've given you. You've got to understand this. God has given you a spouse. God has given you children. God has given you a job. God has given you income. God has given you many things, and He wants to bless you in those things which He has given you. He does not want to be against you. So, here's a question. How do we attain God's blessing? I mean, doesn't all that sound good? How do we get it? How do I get to the point where God blesses everything I set my hand to do? Now, the answer is found in the text. Look at verse 1 again. Deuteronomy 28 and verse number 1. I want you to notice this. The Bible says, And it shall come to pass. Now, notice this word, if. That's a big if. Because if, it means you've got to do this in order to get the rest. Does that make sense? He says, If... Thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Notice, to observe and, here's the key words, to do. Do you see that? All his commandments. Skip down to verse 9. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee. Notice what it says. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways, verse 10, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord. Skip down to verse uh, number 13. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be called somebody's tail. He says, I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. Here's what he's saying. You're going to always come on top. You're always going to be on top. You're not going to lose. He says, If that thou hearken unto the commandment of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day, to observe, notice this, and to do them. Verse 14. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day, to the right hand or to the left. Some of you caught that? Nobody got that? To the right hand and to the left? Okay, whatever. Uh, good, I'm glad you didn't say it. And command you to say, To observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day, to the right hand or to the left. Notice this, To go after other gods to serve them. Keep your finger there in Deuteronomy 28. Go back to Joshua chapter 1. We were in Joshua chapter 1 last week. I'm not going to re-preach that sermon, but I want you to notice something. 
that I did not mention last week because I knew this sermon was coming this week. You say, Pastor Jimenez, what? I don't get it. What's the point? you got to understand this, okay? And here, here's the sermon. Here's the point. If you just grasp this statement, so, you know, in your bulletin, you've got uh, the course of the week on the back of there. You've got a place to write down sermon notes. If you'd like to write sermon notes, write this statement down, okay? The path to God's blessing is through the door of obedience. You say, what do I have to do to be blessed of God? Last week we talked about the fact that you have to meditate upon God's Word. You have to learn God's Word. You have to hide it in your heart. You say, what do I do once it's in my heart? Once I memorize it? Once I understand it? Once I've read it? Here's what you got to do. You've got to do it. You've got to do what God's Word tells you to do. And the path to God's blessings is always through the door of obedience. Are you there in Joshua chapter 1? Look at verse number 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe, notice these words, to do according to all the law. God wants you to do according to the law of God, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper, whither the soever thou goest. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. That's what we talked about last week. You're supposed to meditate upon it. You're supposed to hide it in your heart. You're supposed to memorize it. You're supposed to read it. You're supposed to learn it. That thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe, notice, to do. According to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Go there to Proverbs chapter number 3. Proverbs chapter number 3. And, and keep your finger on Proverbs 3 because we're going to leave there. We're going to go back to Deuteronomy 28, but we're going to come back to Proverbs 3. So put your bulletin or a ribbon or a bookmark, something in Proverbs 3. But I'd like you to look at verse 1. Proverbs 3 and verse 1. The Bible says, My son, forget not my law. But let thine heart keep my commandments. Do you understand? Law, commandments, they're all used interchangeably. And it's all talking about the word of God. Verse 2. Well, look at verse 1 again. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. You say, why would I not forget your law? Why? And by the way, is that not what we talked about last week? Forget not my law. Meditate upon it. Learn it. Memorize it. He says, my son, forget not my law. Last week's lesson. But let thine heart keep my commandments. This week's lesson. Why? Verse 2. For length of days and long life and peace they shall add to thee. Does verse 2 not sound like God's blessings? Length of days, long life, peace. He says, if you remember my word, and if you keep my commandments, if you meditate upon it, if you hide it in your heart, and then you do it, he says, I will bless you. Now, up to this point, here's what we're thinking, okay? Because I I know you. Even if I don't know you, I know you. Because I know me. And here's what we think. We think, okay, so I've got to obey what the Bible says, and then God says, He's going to bless my children, He's going to bless my income, He's going to bless my savings, He's going to bless my house, He's going to bless everything that I put my hand to do, my work, He's going to be with me, and that's going to be great. But here's the problem. You started doing, you know, you learned from last week that you're supposed to be reading God's Word, so you started reading God's Word. Good job. And as you began to read God's Word, you began to realize something. There are a lot of things that God wants me to do that I don't want to do. So you say this. Okay. I'll forfeit God's blessings. And I'll just keep doing what I want to do. And it's no big deal. And and we would never say it out loud. But by our actions, when God's word says, you're to do this, you're to do that. And you say, I don't want to do this. And I don't want to do that. By our actions, what we're saying is this. I'll take my chances with my kids. I'll take my chances with my income. I'll take my chances with... with the, hopefully, I'll just kind of live in neutral land. 
and it'll be okay because I don't want to stop doing X, Y, and Z. Or I don't want to start doing X, Y, and Z. But here's the problem, okay? Here's the issue. If you are saved, if you are a believer, if you are born again, if you are a Christian, which if you are, I, I, I hope you are, and if you're not, I hope you will become one. I hope you allow us to talk to you uh, how you know for sure you're on your way to heaven. But I'll be honest with you, if you're sitting here right now, and you're thinking to yourself, I'm not a believer, I'm not a Christian, I'm only here because somebody dragged me here, or I'm kind of considering it, or I'm thinking about it. Let me be very honest with you. What I'm about to explain right now may give you a reason to not want to become a Christian. Now, I mean, go ahead and take your chances. I mean, you're going to die and go to hell. Keep that in mind, too. <laughs> but here's the catch. If you're a child of God, you don't get to choose to simply forfeit God's blessings. See, there is no, I'm going to not obey, and then I won't get God's blessings, and I'm okay with that. Because a choice to not obey is a choice to disobey. And the Bible says, God says, if you obey, if you keep my commandments, if you do what I tell you to do, He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you everything that I, that, that I promised you to do. But He says, if you do not obey, He doesn't say, I'll leave you alone, and you get to take your chances. God says, I'm going to bring a curse upon your life for disobedience. There is no neutral. There is no, oh, okay, I, I'm not, I'll just forfeit God's blessings, but i kind of take my chances. You're either living under the blessings of God through the door of obedience, or you're living under the chastisement or the cursing of God because you are disobedient. I hate to break it to you. That's what the Bible says. And here's what's interesting. Can you get back to Deuteronomy 28? God spends 14 verses explaining His blessings to us. And then He spends... 54 verses explaining the curse. Because he wants us to make sure we understand. He says, there is no middle ground. Are you there in Deuteronomy 28? Look at verse 15. But it shall come to pass. Notice what he says. If thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, and all these curses shall come upon thee. You see that? All these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shall thou be in the city, and cursed shall thou be in the field. Cursed shall thou be in uh, shall be thy basket in thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy deep. Cursed shall thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall send upon thee cursings, vexations, and rebuke, and all that thou said is thy hand unto for to do, until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly, because of wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. And you say, how do you get that? Look at verse 15 again. But if shall come to pass, notice, here's the if, if thou will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Skip down to verse 45. Look at what verse 45 says. Verse 45 says, Moreover, all these curses, and I'm not going to take the time, we read the whole chapter, I'm not going to take the time to go through all the cursings, but there's some pretty bad stuff in there. And did you catch the verse where he says, and by the way, there are even more cursings that I'm not going to go ahead and put in this chapter, that I'm going to give you. More than the ones that are written down. And he says, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed. And you say, Why, God? Why would you do that to me? Why would you not bless my children, and not bless my income, and not bless my finances, and not bless me, and, and not be... Why? And he says, Here's why. Because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded thee. Skip down to verse 62. 
and he shall be left for you in number. Verse 62, Deuteronomy 28, 62. And he shall be left for you in number, whereas ye were as the stars of heaven for a multitude, because thou wouldest not obey the voice of the Lord thy God. Look at verse 63. And it shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoiced over you to do good and to multiply you, so, or in the same way, the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you. Bring you to naught. And ye shall be plucked off from the land whither thou goest to possess. See, what we want is to prosper. But you've got to understand this. Look at verse 29. Deuteronomy 28 verse 29. And thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth in darkness, and thou shalt not prosper. Now witness. And thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. Can you get back to Proverbs chapter 3? Pastor Jimenez, I did not come to church this morning to hear this. I came for an encouraging sermon. But here's what you got to understand. This is the most encouraging sermon I could preach. Because this explains to you why. You say, you say, why does it feel like God is against me? Why does it feel like nothing ever turns out in my favor? Why, if I'm saved and I'm a child of God, why does it feel like I just don't have God's blessing? And here's why. God says, I'm not going to bless a disobedient child. So you can understand this. When you got saved, the Bible says you got born again into the family of God. You became a child of God. You became a son or a daughter of God. And you guys understand, are you in Proverbs chapter 3? I shared these verses with the soul winners uh, yesterday, but I'd like to show it to, to, to you too. Proverbs chapter 3, look at verse 11. He says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. See, we, we get this idea. We've allowed the neo-ecumenical, Pentecostal, charismatic, Benny Hinn, TV preachers of this world to, to sell you a lie that God is like Santa Claus. He's just kind of up in heaven, and you only have to deal with him once or twice a year. You only really have to deal with him during Easter. You only really have to deal with him on Christmas. And when he does show up, he brings you nice gifts, and it doesn't matter how you live, it doesn't matter what you do, he's always on your side. And you can understand, that is not the God of the Bible. Right. The God of the Bible is a father who says, I, notice what he says, verse 12, for whom the Lord loveth, look what it says, he corrected, even as a father of the son in whom he delighted. See, you got to understand, you know why there's no neutrality? You know why you can't say, okay, pastor, that's fine, I'm not going to obey God's word, and I'll just forfeit his blessing, you leave me alone, and I'll leave him alone, and we'll be fine. You can't have that because that's not what a good parent does. How many of you go to your children and say, Son, clean your room. Clean your room, I'm going to take your cold stone. I'm looking for any excuse to take somebody cold stone. You know what I mean? I like cold stone. I'm going to need to write that down. <laughs> son, I'm going to take you to cold stone. Clean your room. Now, you think that my son says to me, Dad, my desire is not to clean my room. So I'm going to forfeit, of course, cold stone for this evening and not clean my room. You think I'm going to say to him, Okay, have a good one. See you later. I'm going to cold stone. No, you know what you're going to get? It's Because there is no neutrality. A choice to not obey is a choice to disobey. And God's blessings come to... See, some of you are thinking, this is what some of you say. You say, well, I know. And, and you say it to me. And if you say it to me, I'm not picking on you. A lot of people say it to me. It's okay. You say to me, Pastor, I know that the Bible says that I'm not supposed to. And I know that the Bible says that I am supposed to. And I know that the Bible says, but in my situation, and in my, you know, uh, circumstance, and in what I'm doing right now, I just think that it'd be best for me if I... And I don't think that God will mind. And I'm here to tell you, God does mind. Right. God does care. Because a choice to 
on the side of obedience. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to love on you. And he said, if you put yourself here on the side of disobedience, I'm going to love on you. That's a problem. Because notice what he says, Proverbs 3.12. For whom the Lord loveth, he corrected. See, you know why a good parent disciplines their children? Because they love them. Because they, if you didn't love them, you let them run wild. If you didn't love them, you would not correct them. And by the way, let me just say this. If you are a Christian, and I'm not into downing people's salvations. I'm just saying for you, check yourself. If you are a Christian and you can just live like the devil, live like the world, live, live, you know, just the worldiest lifestyle, sin, and nothing ever happens to you, you're never corrected, you're never chastised, everything just, you may want to check your salvation. Because whom the Lord loveth, he corrected. Even as a father, the son, in whom he delighted. So here's the question. Are you obedient? Are you doing what God tells you to do? What are you doing right now that you know, you know, the Bible says, I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm not supposed to be fornicating. I'm not supposed to be getting drunk. I'm not supposed to be looking at pornography. I'm not, whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're dealing with. I know that this is wrong. I know that God is against this. But I'm just, because I, I just got to understand this. When you choose to say, I'm not going to obey, you're not just forfeiting God's blessing. You're placing yourself under the curse of God. And let's just be very honest with it. Honest. And, and you got to understand this. And I, I, I want to be very careful how I explain this. We are not to be like Job's friends. You remember the story of Job? Remember Job was a righteous man. Job did right and, and, and he went through a lot and it had nothing to do with his sin. God was using him for a certain situation. Remember Job's friends came along and they said, Job, this happened to you because of sin. Job, this happened to you because, you know, you're not living righteously. And at the end of the book, God says, Job's friends were wrong. Job is righteous. This had nothing to do with it. So you got to understand this. Sometimes we go through hard times and it's not any of our sin. Did, did, uh, uh, did Joseph do anything wrong? You know, maybe he put himself in a situation that he shouldn't have, being in the house with a woman that was married by himself. Yeah, that was probably not wise. But did he sin against God? Yet many trials happen. Sometimes things happen to us. Sometimes we go through things, and it's not necessarily because of sin. Okay? Let's make that clear. And it's not your job to say, oh, did you hear about so-and-so? They lost their job. Uh, I just knew that they were living the same. That's not your job. Okay? You're, you're like Job's friend. But let's just be honest with ourselves. Let's just be, just, I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to judge you or you judge me. I'm just saying, be honest with yourself. Most of the time that we have things happen in our lives and we are corrected by God, it's not because you're a Job, it's because you're in disobedience. I mean, look at, look at the Bible. Okay, how many times do you find people living righteously and bad things happen to them? Joseph, Job, Jesus Christ. I'm sure I mean, there may be some other ones, but those are the three main ones I can think of. And how many times is God punishing people because of their sin? I mean, just read the book of Judges. Every chapter, it's like, God's punishing them because of this, God's punishing them because of that, God's punishing them. So you got to understand this. Most of the time, most of the time that we're going through struggles, most of the time that we're not being blessed with our children, with our finances, with our savings, with everything we put our hands to, most of the time, I'm just here to tell you, most of the time, it's not because you're a Joseph, it's not because you're a Job, those are few and far between. Most of the time, it's because you are actively living in disobedience and you know it. And God says, I'm not going to bless you. God says, in fact, you're positioning yourself under the cursing of God. 
See, the Bible says, whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law. For sin is a transgression of the law. So you understand this. When God commands us to do something and we transgress that law, God says that's sin. See, usually when bad things happen to us, not all the time, I didn't say all the time, but most of the time, I would say it's because we're living in sin. And by the way, it's not just doing something wrong that you knew was wrong. It's also when you don't do things that you know you should do. You don't have to turn there. Let me just read this for you. You can jot it down if you like. James 4.17 says, Therefore, to him that knows to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So even when you know, I know that I should be reading my Bible. I know that I should not be looking at this. I know that I should not take part in this. I know that I shouldn't be, you know, even when it's, you're just not doing a good thing. I know that I should be soul winning. I know that I should be praying. I know that I should be skipping on a church. I know that I should be doing this and this and this. And you don't do it. God says, even that is well, Pastor, are you, are you mad at us? Are you upset at us? I'm not mad at you at all. I'm just trying to explain to you. You get to choose whether you position yourself under God's blessing or whether you position yourself under God's curse. I mean, wouldn't you like to live under God's blessings? Amen. God will bless you. The blessing goes with you wherever you go. In the city, in the field. God will bless your children. God will bless your income. God will bless your finances. God will bless your savings. God will bless you against your enemies. God will bless everything you set your hand to do. Everything God has given you to enjoy, He wants you to enjoy it. God will bless you with things outside of your control. God will bless you so you can get out of debt. God will bless you in everything He has given you. You say, how do I get to that? The path to God's blessings is through the door. We're almost done. If you can go to Deuteronomy 28. We're going to look at two verses there, and we're done. This is a very, very, it's a very simple point to grasp. But I believe if you apply it to your life, it will revolutionize your life. Deuteronomy 28.47 says, Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Look at verse 63. And it shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoice over you to, to do you good and to multiply you. Now this is the, verse, this is the part of the verse we don't like. So the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you. That's the bad part. But here's the good part. Don't miss the good part. The good part is this. As the Lord rejoice over you to do you good. You know that God is just sitting and waiting and He's rejoicing. He wants to bless you. He's just waiting for you to cross that line into the path of His blessings through the door of obedience. Just, I'm not trying to be the Holy Spirit. I'm, I, I would love the Holy Spirit to do his job in your life and I, I pray that you would allow him to but search your heart what are you actively involved in right now that you know you know God is not pleased what are you not doing that you know God wants you to do it's not my place it's not my I, I don't even really care I still like you I'm just telling you this is how God determines whether to bless you or whether to curse you and it's not his choice it's yours you decide. You decide. What do I do? Here's what you do. You read God's word. Meditate upon it. You learn it. Then you obey it. And God says, the, and, the Bible, and the Bible teaches us that the path to God's blessing is through the door. Where are you going to position yourself? Now look, I know we all sin and we all make mistakes and we all don't do everything we're supposed to do. But by and large, in my life, I want to position myself where God will bless my children and my finances and everything that I set my hand to do and I may be in prison and I may be in a pit 
and I may be sick like Job was, but I want to know that God is with me. I want to know that God's word abides in my heart. Would you go through the door of obedience? The only way to get God's blessing. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for our church, Lord. I, I, I know, I know the, the sermon is very simple. I know it's not deep. But I also know that it's something we need to understand. God's blessings are not just available to us because we're saved. God's blessings are available to us as we learn to walk in obedience to His Word. Father, I pray that Your Holy Spirit will work in my heart and will work in every individual here. There are areas in our lives that we need to uh, get ourselves into the slot of obedience. There are things in our lives that we need to get rid of. There are things in our lives that we need to start doing. And, and we walk around just wondering, why, why do I feel like God's not blessing me? God's not blessing me. It may just be, not all the time, not 100%, but it may just be sin in our lives. I pray You'd help us to realize how important this message is. To not just think, oh, that's just some crazy person and they don't know that God just loves people. But yeah, He loves us. That's why He corrects us. Father, we love You. In your precious name I pray. Amen.